into God's Word. Father God, uh, what a great time to sing of your praises and how good you are and uh, just what we have now, but what is our future. Uh, God, help us to rest in that more and more, Father God. And as we look at your Word today, may God, your Word, your Holy Spirit speak to us that your Word would impact our hearts so that we can live a life that you desire us to live here, God, um, according to your Word. Uh, but free and enjoy us in Jesus who has freed us from having to earn favor with you, God. And we're so grateful for that. So bless our time in your word in Christ's name. Amen. Well, you know, I think many of you would agree with me that it's probably, it's no stretch to say that we live in a culture that honors the, the cult of perpetual youth. That's kind of the, the culture that we live in. Young is, it's all about being young. It's really a culture that it, in many ways uh, seems to have little tolerance for aging. If you think about all the things that we see in advertising, t- you know, the, the endless bombardment of ads and for products that promise uh, younger looking skin, younger looking hair, younger looking teeth, younger looking skin, what, younger looking everything. It's, it's, it's all out there. Our bodies, here's how your body to look younger, get that, get all that stuff is you got to be young. We hear a lot of that in our society. Youthfulness is all, it's all about youthfulness. Um, to be young looking, to be young acting, to be young thinking is actually a multi-million dollar industry in this country. And I can go on for a long time talking about all the things that our, that our society, how it raves about um, youth. Add to this the inexhaustible access, the information that we have that seems to create less and less of a need for people to go to older people and to people that are seasoned, to people that are more mature for wisdom. We look for wisdom and what's the newest thing out there. And usually it has to do with youth once again and, and, and vivaciousness and how do we, but it's never exalting older people and wisdom that comes with people that have some life experience. Well, this morning, we're going to, in our look, continue to look at the Ten Commandments. We have come to this pivotal place in, our, in this because what we're going to see in this is that we're going to be looking at the Fifth Commandment because all that I've said there, all that stuff about youth uh, and the Fifth Commandment concerning honoring someone's parents. Honoring your mother and your father, really, that whole idea seems out of touch with the reality of our society. Yeah, my mom is visiting and she's staying with us and she just whooped it up right there. Um, <laughs> it really seems out of place, the whole idea of honoring your, your parents, honoring your mother and father. And from what I've seen, most of the time, what honoring your mother and father typically means is just don't tick them off so you don't get in trouble. Okay? Or just don't irritate them so they don't get on your case. And I'm not talking about just teenagers here. I'm talking about all of us. So we're going to look at the the fifth commandment and really is um, a pivotal place because we're coming to the halfway mark now in this this, uh, study. And also we're seeing a major shift in the focus. Okay? Remember Jesus summarized all the Ten Commandments. In fact, he summarized all the Old Testament laws into two. Remember that? We talked about this when he said this. When he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor 
as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Everything that was written in the Torah, everything that we see in Proverbs, everything we see all over the place can be summed up in those two commands right there. You see, the focus of our first four commandments is primarily on our relationship with God, okay? You shall love no other, you remember, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not take my, uh, make for yourself graven images. You shall not take the name of the Lord God in vain. You shall remember the Sabbath, which we talked about last week. Now, these commandments, number one on your notes, by the way, I went crazy with the notes this week. So feel free to not fill them all in if you don't want to, but I just kind of went nuts with it. What I wanted to say is these commandments essentially teach us how to love God. Okay, the first 14 is how to love God. The remaining commandments deal primarily with our relationship with other people. They're essentially to teach us how to love our neighbor. Okay? Now, they're all related. They're all related, but that's kind of essentially the focus of these. Now, before you guys begin to think to yourself, wait, I'm an adult, okay? Haven't lived with my parents in decades even, or my parents even have passed away. Or my parents really aren't a part of my life anymore. So really, this commandment really can't seem that relevant to me. Well, I have news for you. Some shocking news for maybe some of you. That the truth is that this is a timeless commandment that is extremely relevant to every single person in this room this morning. Everybody. No matter our age, no matter our relationship to our parents, whether they are alive or not, this commandment is relative to, has relevance for all of us. And it's interesting in helping us to understand how to best relate to others, to know how to truly love our neighbor, that God starts with the most foundational, foundational of all relationships. Where does he go? The family. He's going to start this whole thing now on relating to people. Before he gets to not murdering or committing adultery, all that stuff, he goes to the family. That's where he starts. Because by God's design, family is the basic building block of a well-functioning society. I read a lot about that this week, all the statistics about how healthy families impact an entire society. Number two on your notes, our relationship with our parents was designed to be foundational to the formation of the rest of our relationships, okay? Foundational to the formation of the rest of our relationships. And here's another interesting thing that really, I think the Spirit of God has really helped me with this week as I was thinking through this, is that if you're a follower of Jesus, okay? If you claim to be a follower of Jesus, you're also an important member of another family, right? a very important member of another family besides your immediate family, the family of God. And the truth really is, how we relate to one another in this family, I'm talking about not just, I'm not talking about just the ones that you like, just the ones that don't rub you wrong. How we relate to one another in this family is crucial, not only in the overall health of this family, but also it's crucial to each one of us in our own spiritual journey. And I think this is something that's very lost in our very individualistic society that we live in. I think that we've really taken that individualistic mindset into our faith, into Christianity, into the church. 
And I believe it's the very thing that keeps so many of us alienated from one another and not doing all the one another's in the Bible that are talked about loving one another, forgiving one another, serving one another, bearing with one another. All those one another's love one another. How can you love with one another? How can you bear with one another? How can you forgive with one another if you don't know one another? It's not possible. And just because you went out to lunch once or you sat across the one at the picnic or you sit near them in church, or you, whatever, you go to the men's Bible study in your same small group, that doesn't mean you know them. That doesn't mean that, you are t- that, we, are t- that we are fulfilling the one another's in their life. So you see how this whole church thing and the whole idea of family, and we, t- we see it in the Bible all over the place, brothers, sisters. Paul talks about being a father, which we're going to look at in a little bit. It's so vital to how we work as a body that we see each other as family. Now, some of you, when, you say, when I say that, you go, <laughs> not like mine, I hope. <laughs> but a functional family, a family that truly knows one another, they bear with one another, they, they are in it for, for good, no matter what, no matter how far their kid strays, no matter how crazy their mom is, whatever. <laughs> We're in this. And this is where we want to start going as a church more and more. How do we function as a family? How do we do that? I believe this commandment really is a part of that. So let's look at, the, let's look at this uh, fifth commandment. That Exodus chapter 20, verse 12 is one of the places it's found. It says this, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land, and that the Lord, that the Lord your God is giving you. All right, well, let's, start, let's unpack this a bit, okay? Let's first look at what does it mean, what does it actually mean to honor our father and our mother? Number three on your notes there, the word honor literally means heavy or weighty, okay? That's what that word means. This is saying that we're to give our parents the due weight of the position that God has given them in our life, Okay? We give them that weight. We give them in our life. It's like weight. It's like uh, value. Okay? It's like a value. I knew they were leaving. That's so bye, guys. Uh, <laughs> all their kids going, we're out of here, mom. We're not talking about honoring you. Um, uh, think of it. I mean, think of it like a gold nugget. When, you pe- when people find a gold nugget, obviously, the more weighty it is, the more value that it has, Right? So that's what, that's what this word has to, has to do with here, more, being more valuable. So, so number four, to honor one's parents means to give weight or to value their God-given position in your life. Notice I did not say it means that you honor them because they did this, because they're so good, because, no, this is what it means to honor your parents, Okay, to give them weight or to value their God-given position in your life. Okay, so that's what, that's what it means to honor. We're going to unpack it even some more here. The next thing we need to look at is why. Why is this such an important, we talked, I talked a little bit about it family-wise, but why is this so, such an important commandment to honor and, uh, our father and our mother? Well, I, want to, I got four reasons I want to look at here. The first reason why and number five on your notes, is because there's actually a reward for doing so. 
there is a reward for doing so. Notice at the end, notice that added specification, that the days, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Now, obviously, this was a reference at the time to the Israelites, that as a result of honoring their parents when they were going to enter the promised land, this, that was, that, that's what was going to happen to them. There was going to be a reward for doing that. Because see, what was happening here is all these millions of or so people were going to go into this new land, and God wanted to make sure that they understood that in order to truly have a healthy and robust society, that they were going to need to understand the importance of where that began. And it began with honoring their parents. Isn't that interesting? We wouldn't think that way, would we, normally? Here's how you want the most robust society you could possibly have. And they're going, yeah, tell us. Tell What is it? Or earn a lot of money, be, be strong, and be able to fight all the others off, right? That's what it's going to be? No. Honor your parents. What an interesting concept. But this command goes well beyond the Israelites and the promised land. Look at what the Apostle Paul wrote in the New Testament many, many years later. In Ephesians chapter 6, he wrote this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So he's repeating this again. Paul is saying that obeying or honoring one's parents is the right thing to do, not just because God commands it, because it's a quality of life issue. <laughs> obeying your parents is a quality of life issue. Going well or, or living long doesn't necessarily mean that everybody who honors their parents is going to live longer than those that dishonor their parents. It's not going to be divided up like that. Number six on your notes there, this has more to do with experience God's blessing and goodness as one honors their parents. Okay, it's this fullness of God. It's this understanding, this fullness of God that we experience as we obey this command that is so foundational for not only our life, but for society and the world as a whole. Look what Solomon wrote. Proverbs chapter 3, he wrote, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will be added to you. I like what the, um, the New, uh, New Living Translation says. He says that your life will be satisfying. Isn't that great? Your life will be satisfying. You see, it's not about honor your parents or else. That's not what it's about. Honor your parents, doggone it, because I said so. No, it's not about that, about that at all. What he's saying is, do you want to experience the fullness of God in your life? Do you want to experience all that God has for you while you're here on earth? This is the path towards that end. This is the road you need to go down. This is how it works. Okay. Number seven in your understanding, it says the second reason that we're commanded to honor our father and mother is because in doing so, we learn how to honor and respect authority in general, okay? This commandment really is a template or really it's foundational for all the other relationships of authority that we're going to have in our lives. When we read in the New Testament, we see that slaves, 
Slaves, or in our context, probably employees, are to obey their masters or employers. Wives submit to their husbands as to the Lord. We're to, we're to obey the leaders of the church. Young men are to be subject to the elders, to their elders. And we're, to, we're told to honor or to be subject to the governing authorities. So you see all those different things? It all gets back, according to God, to honoring our parents, to honoring our mom and dad. And this is, you know, I, I, I was going to start off with this, but, you know, the, for me personally, this is where I think I struggled in life a bit. Um, I had a great home, loving parents, loved me and my sister. Um, towards uh, later years in my, in my, uh, by eight years old or so, my, my parents came to Christ. And, and um, so I had all that going, the great home and all that, but there was a deep-seated resentment towards authority for some reason inside of me. I wasn't a bad kid. My, I even asked my mom, how was she? Was, oh, you were great. Well, she didn't know what was going on up here. I was fighting it. And you know what? I fought it later. I struggled. I really, had to, I really had to catch up in many ways for years in my head and in my heart on how to deal with authority in my life. Bosses, anybody, any kind of authority, definitely my wife, but authority <laughs> in my life because of that deep-seated sense of, no, I, want, I don't want to listen to you. I'm going to rebel in here. It's like that kid, you know, that whole weird, that illustration of the, the kid who's standing up in his seat, you know, and the mom's saying, sit down, sit down. And finally, you know, he, he, she pulls him, he sits down, he goes and he says, I'm, I might be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. You know, it's that kind of thing. That's where I was living. I was living there. And I got to tell you, I took some major lumps, especially in my late teens and in my 20s, for sure, when it came to authority. And I still feel like I have some residue of that too. I still deal with authority, have authority issues to some, and it all, I believe, stems back to that time, okay? So you see number eight, it says, by honoring our parents, we learn the importance of being able to function in a society where we must live under multiple forms of authority. Isn't that so true? How many times do we see people that struggle with this, with other authority, because they've had, a lot of it has to do with, with how they dealt with their parents. And they go on and have a hard time holding a job. You know, being in relationships. All that kind of stuff. Because really the reality is, if children don't honor authority at home, they're going to have a hard time honoring and respecting it somewhere else. That's just a fact. That's just the way it is. And all this brings up, and it's a whole other sermon, talking about what's our responsibility as parents then to help our kids learn to, be, to honor us, to truly obey us, okay? Okay, closely related to is the third reason why we're commanded to honor our mother and father. Number nine is that doing so, we learn how to have healthy relationships, okay? Notice that this commandment does not say, honor your father and mother because they're always honorable, He's not saying that. He says, we honor our parents because in doing so, we fulfill God's design for how we are to learn to best function in all of our relationships. Does that make sense? So it's no small thing, is it? This is, this is, so oftentimes I think we look at this commandment and think, ah, that's, you know, especially young people, ah, that's outdated or whatever. No. This is a powerful, very powerful truth. Danny Ortland, Ray Ortland's uh, wife, writes this. She says, this commandment is not teaching us how to have great families. It's teaching us how to be a great family member. 
I love that. I love that because, oh, well, you know, okay, it's all going to work out good. No, it teaches us how to really function we, as we should in our family. Okay, now this doesn't mean that we might not have to set some boundaries with a parent due to inappropriate or abusive behavior. We know that that happens. But the bottom line is that we are to see them as valuable in our lives. They are valuable in our lives. And we're going to talk about this. We, get a little, we talk about what does it mean to be, because I know that one of the hardest things about preparing for this sermon is knowing that I'm preaching to 99% people that are over 45 and 50. Okay, so what is it? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, sorry for those of you under 45, you know, that, I, that I missed. All right, look again. Let's, let's look at this. At this uh, okay, let's go to the, on to the fourth one. Fourth one, uh, number 10 on your notes. It says, the fourth reason we are commanded to honor our father and mother is that doing so is a sign of commitment and devotion to Jesus. And once again, honoring our parents isn't what I was doing like because my mom will tell you, if you tell, oh, he was a good boy, he was great, we didn't have any problems with him. They didn't know, like I said, they didn't know what was going on up here. It's that whole thing of, I might be standing, I might be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. Still has the same impact on us. Look again at what Paul wrote. He said, children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Now, this, this obeying our parents in the Lord does not mean, as I said, that we're to honor or obey them only if they're, only if they're Christians, okay? Or only if they're always honorable. That's not what that means, number 11 on your notes. It means we are to obey or honor them as an act of obedience to the Lord, we're doing it as obeying the Lord, just like we would obey the government, just like we would obey our boss. We would do things that we're supposed to do that obviously aren't against God's rules and against God's law. We are to honor them. We are to obey them because it will go good with us. Okay? All right. This is the right thing to do because not only is God commands it and not only are we experience God's blessing, but it also, I love this, it pleases God. To obey our parents, to honor our parents, pleases God. But, uh, so look at, what, look at what Paul said again. He said, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Honor your mother and your father. You see, the number one priority and desire of all of us that call ourselves followers of Jesus, our number one priority is to become more and more like Jesus. That's our number one priority. That's why we spend time with them. That's why we read about them. That's why we get together. That's why we need each other so much. Can you imagine a family that only got together on Sundays? A real family that only got together on Sundays, maybe on, we, on once a week, and, and never really talked about deep stuff in their life? And I'm not criticizing church or I'm not criticizing the family. But I'm, can, do you get what I'm trying to paint here, this picture I'm trying to paint of how much, how, how crazy would it be if I just let my kids, I saw my kids going... I saw something happening in them and their attitude or what they said. And I go, mm, that doesn't look right. But you know what? I, I don't want to offend them. I don't want to get them mad at me. That's crazy, right? Why don't we see it the same way in the church? We should be seeing it the same way. God says that, that God said that we were given, uh, all given spiritual gifts for the purpose of building up the body. You all have at least, we all have at least one spiritual gift if you're a follower of Jesus. And you have that gift for the purpose of building up the body. Now, some of you have the gift of bringing more people into it. 
But that's what those gifts are for. Do you know what your spirit, this isn't a guilt thing. I would encourage you, do you know what your spiritual gift is? The Bible promises that every single one of us that calls ourselves a follower of Jesus has at least one. The Spirit has given us one. Do you know what yours is? And don't take this wrong, but if you don't, you're ripping me off. <laughs> really? That's what we're for. People look at the church sometimes and they laugh. Or they look at the church and say, what's that all about? They should be looking at the church going, I can't believe that group of people who I would never imagine those people would be hanging out together are so for each other, so care for one another, so love one another, so take care of one another's needs. I, so, I got to understand what's going on there. That's what this is about. That's where he is, is going with this. But we want to be like Jesus. And people will say, what's different about you? You're functioning in a unique way with people like that. What's going on? This is what Jesus did. It was Jesus while on earth. Remember, his primary desire was to please his father by doing his will, no matter what it looked like. Remember Jesus' prayer in the garden? Remember what Jesus said? He asked God, basically, if there was possibly any other way that we could take care of this, we could do this, uh, fulfill your will of the, for the plan of salvation. If there's another way, uh, I'm listening. <laughs> I'll do it. Whatever. But then he says this. He says, when he, remember he prayed this? My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. He was all about pleasing his father and doing his father's will. See, Jesus provided us a tremendous example of this commitment and devotion to God. And the reality is that he, along with the power of his Holy Spirit, working in, in the life of every believer, empowers us to do the same. God, how do I please you? We need to be asking, how do I please you? Because my flesh goes, wants to please me. How do I please you? If this room was full of teenagers, I would say, honor your parents. But I'm saying it to all of us. Honor your parents mother and father. So how does this practically look? How does it practically look to honor your father and mother, okay? Well, instead of coming up with a list, I just, this is where I wrestled the most over this, this week. I said, how, how do we truly honor our parents no matter where they are, no matter what age, whatever? Well, I really feel like, the, I believe the answer is actually found in the very reason that God gave us the Ten Commandments. Remember, remember that verse? Remember the verse in Matthew? Look again how Jesus summarized everything. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands depends all the laws and the prophets. You know what all the laws and the prophets were? They included everything from how a society should run well, how you, we should care for each other, how do you take care of the poor, how do you deal with diseases? I mean, it was like down to the very smallest nugget as how could we thrive as a society? And every single one of those, whether they're laws, like I said, to keep people clean and from disease spreading, everything was all meant to help people to first and foremost love God with everything they got, then love their neighbor. Love God and love others. 
It all gets down to that. Number 12, as we learn by the power of the Holy Spirit to make loving God and loving others the top priorities in our life, as Jesus did, as he did, honoring our parents will be a byproduct. I didn't say an easy one, but it will be a byproduct if we are seeking to truly love. And that's why I was talking to my mom about this. I, I kind of kind of got started to get sparked in my faith at about 16 years old. Okay, rededicated my life at 18 up at Hume Lake. Radical rededication, everything like that. And it just was on for me. It was on. I went into ministry and all, it all was on for me. But I still had some of this residual stuff that I still had to work through. And it was difficult. And it was really hard for me. I really had to, I had to work through many, many different things that were, that really in many ways held me back in my maturity, in my relationships with people, all sorts of things. Thankfully, I was able to finally get to the place where, okay, God, I want you more than anything. I think if that wouldn't have happened, if I wouldn't have allowed the Spirit of God to do that in my life, my trajectory in life, I, would, I, I believe, would have been a whole different thing when it comes to my relationships, who, who I married even, my relationship with authority, everything. It would have had a huge, huge impact. So... Um, this means that to truly keep this commandment, the reality is to truly keep this commandment, no matter our age, we have got to learn to, and I know people don't like this word, we need, I, I hate this word too, we need to learn to discipline ourselves to spend time with God in his word and in prayer. Remember I shared that quote last week from Dallas Willard, it said something, I can remember it now, it said, um, habits eat good intentions for breakfast. Habits eat good intentions for breakfast. Think about it. Why do we not oftentimes read God's word and spend time in prayer? Is it because we don't want to be with him? No. It's because we have allowed other habits to be ingrained in our life. And we think that willpower is, and I should, should get us through. It won't. It won't. Okay? Maybe you think, well, that just sounds so pragmatic. That just sounds like, you mean putting a slot in my calendar? Yep. <laughs> Assigning a time of the day where I do that? Yep. Not doing any of this stuff before I do that? Yep. That's what that means. And doing it again and again and again and again and again that way. That's how it's going to happen. Because there's, the flesh is always going to keep us away from doing that. Always, always, always. Okay, I want a really practical note. I, I kind of want to speak just real short and practical here to those of us that um, are adults and we have, older, we have older parents. Here's what I think our focus really should be. Our focus should be this. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but it'd be on number 13 on your notes. Continuing to value, care for, spend time with, listen to, and give them grace. If you get anything out of this, those of you that are adults, and you have parents that are alive still, this is key right here. I've really been convicted this week. I really have. I've been thinking about, am I, am I doing these things? Am I truly valuing my mother? Am I caring for her? Am I spending time with her? Am I listening to her? Am I, am I, am I giving her grace? Because we could all talk about the things, right, that, close your ears, mom. We could all talk about the things that our parents do that drive us a little crazy, right? 
We all got those down. But do we have grace down? The grace that they gave us, the grace that God continues to give us, and the grace that we should be giving them. That's how we honor our parents. And I know that can be really difficult for some. They're really, really difficult. Now, it's important I want to say a word to those people that it's difficult for. If you were raised in an extremely dysfunctional home or even with abusive parents, how do you do this then? How, as a follower of Jesus, are you to carry out this commandment? Well, a couple suggestions. First, number one, pray. Pray for your parents. Because here's the thing. The truth is that it's hard to stay angry and resentful towards someone for whom you are regularly praying that the Lord would draw them to himself. Because you've got to learn to love that person. You've got to learn to truly care for them. Okay? So that's, that's one suggestion. I know this is a lot deeper than this, but don't take it as pithy. But second thing, model Jesus for them. Let them see Jesus in how you live your life and how you respond to their craziness. Okay? Let them see Jesus in that. It's the best thing. That, 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 that alone will speak volumes. And the third thing, ask the Lord to help you to forgive him. Because he wants to do that. It's his deep desire to help you to do that. So because the, the reality is, the truth is that this commandment is meant to point both parents and children of all ages to our deep need of grace and forgiveness, which is only available in Christ. That's where this commandment is supposed to point us. I need forgiveness. I need grace. I need your strength. Now, at the beginning, beginning I said that this is actually a timeless commandment and that it's extremely relevant for everybody here. I said that no matter your age or your relationship to your parents or whether they're alive or not. And I know I'm going a little bit longer than I wanted to, but I really think this is kind of important. I've talked about this a little bit because the reality is Jesus... In really a unique sense, he really upended the way that we look at the traditional family or the way that we're supposed to look at the family. Remember on one occasion when Jesus was teaching and there was a big giant crowd around him and someone said, hey Jesus, your mother and your brothers, they want to they see you. Remember what Jesus' response was? He says this, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Now, Jesus wasn't trying to be dismissive uh, to his mother or to his brothers, nor was he negating how important they were in his life and the, the role they played in his life. That's not what he was doing. But he was doing what he did very, very often. He was using the situation to teach her or to convey a very important truth, very important one, that, that as true followers of Jesus, we are family, okay? We are, as I said, and I know I'm harping on this, we are a family and therefore we need to see one another as vitally important in the shaping of our devotion to Christ. We need to see each other as vital, but I don't get along with them. They're vital, but they're different than me. We have none of the same interests whatsoever. They are vital to you. And to me. You are vital to me. Do you believe that? I hope you do. Because it's true. We are vital to, to one another. The Apostle Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father 
in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then to ignore me. <laughs> Be imitators of me. Now, not only imitate my life, imitate how I do things. What I believe he's talking about here is the truth is that many of us need to begin to see ourselves as what you'd call spiritual parents. Last thing on your notes. A spiritual parent is someone who has either led someone to Christ or who comes alongside someone who is already following him and commits themselves to helping them to grow in their faith. I'm not talking about adding a program. Could look programmatic. But I'm talking about what Paul is saying here is that, listen, if you've been walking with Christ for any amount of time, you can do this. You need to be coming alongside others in whatever that form that might look like. I don't know what that might, he's not telling us how. But he's saying, it's time to be a mom. It's time to be a dad. And for many of you, it's time to be a mom again. It's time to be a dad again, but in a whole different way. In a whole completely different, think about the incredible privilege to help someone to grow in the areas that we've just talked about. To have the privilege to do that. And we can all do that. We can. I remember I read a quote a while back that said, all, that said Mother Teresa was, said, all, we, all God's calling me to be is faithful, not successful. He's just calling me to be faithful. And just go where he tells me to go. I mean, think about how that, these things we talked about that you could be, all be a part of, better helping people, better experiencing the blessing and goodness of God, to grow in honoring and respecting authority, to have healthier relationships, and to be more devoted to Jesus. This is what we as followers of Jesus are called to do, to be available to help others, not only to come to know Jesus, but to help them to grow, grow up as faithful followers of him. After all, isn't that the most important thing that a parent can do? It's the most important thing. So I want to challenge you. You got to know, I've been, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for us as a congregation in this area to learn to be family. What does it mean to be a family? I don't know exactly, but I do know it means being involved in each other's lives and sharing, not just hanging out, but truly doing the one another's of Scripture. All right, a couple questions. What are some, and this is just the first one real practical. What are some things that make it difficult to honor one's father and mother? What are just some things that come to your mind? Yeah, <laughs> just throw, so this is just to kind of get us warmed up for a few minutes here. What are some things that make it hard? Yeah, Nelson. <laughs> yeah, Huge. The lack of, what is that verse that says in Proverbs that says, um, uh, a, man, a, a person who ignores his father's discipline and his mother's instruction is stupid. Yeah. It uses that word, you're stupid. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> got it. Yeah, that's a great one. Else. Anything else you can think of? Pride. Pride, oh yeah, oh yeah, pride, yeah. Exactly, yes. That's a, that's a huge one. Well, they don't deserve it, so why should I do it? Well, God tells us to and why and all that stuff, but you're right. That's such a good one. All right, second question. 
How have you seen honoring or not honoring someone's parents play out in someone's life? Without, I mean, this could be a little touchy here. So, I mean, I can, I could talk about my children. <laughs> but is there, just without naming any names or anything like that, can you think of how you've seen it play out? Just some of the ramifications of both, the good or and the bad, where that's been really like, yeah, they paid for that. You don't know, have to give specific instances, but it's just stuff you've seen. Thank you. That's good. Good word there. Anything else? How you've seen this played out? Maybe in your own life. If you want to, mom. <laughs> no, I just saw her hand up, and I went, "Uh oh." <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sure, exactly. And then adding on to that, what Dave said on top, if they didn't, things they didn't do well, giving them grace, seeing who they are, forgiving them, all those is so important, so important. Anybody have any comments? Anything you have someone, before we end this right here real quick? Anything just came to your head comment you want to say? I, like I said, it's not about me teaching all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Yes, good one, Paul. Now take that into the church. A brother is born for adversity. Because, no, I don't want to be in that guy's small group. Well, that's the very reason you should be in that guy's problem. Probably should be, you know. I got to get on my knees more. This is hard. You know what I'm saying? Family's rough. Family's not easy. Sometimes it's not easy. It shouldn't be in the church either. We think, oh, we, should, we all have the same God. We should all be like, kumbaya, come on. Not at all. Not at all. Good comment. Anything, any other comment that just came to you as you're, Yeah. Of course, yes, of course, yes. Yeah, there's been a couple times in my life and some really good friends' life where our parents have asked us to do things that were not according to God's will. And, right. and so we just have to say, like, Mom, Dad, we love you, but I'm going to marry this guy who is not part of my ethnic identity. You mm. know, like that kind mm, of That's hard. That kind of stuff. Yeah. So. That's a tough one. Or, uh, yeah, or even simple things like, oh, just lie. Yeah. Just lie. Just tell them you, you didn't go to school because you were sick. And, or you, or just tell your the tax person, or just tell the whatever at any age. Yeah, yeah. Any other comments on that? That's good. This is good. Yes. I have a son who lives across the country, mm-hmm. and um, we've had a tumultuous relationship for quite some time, and now we're in a part where, and of course, I think that I've done mm-hmm. much everything that I could do, mm-hmm. but. I, for weeks, he won't pick up. Um, mm. So to lose communication yes. is, I think, one of the most difficult yeah. things mm. that you can do, especially, you know, for somebody that's not yeah. Yeah. local, yeah. that you can't even go by and see. You just, you have no idea what's going on in your life. Yeah. And you don't know why. Mm-hmm. I have a suspicion. Mm. But I'm not yeah, yeah. Right, right. Do I know this person? I do. You sure do. I sure do. Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's a good, good word. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, last one, Dave. Well, thinking about what you just said. Yes. Because you don't have a good relationship with your parents doesn't mean you can't have a good relationship with your own kids. Of course, yeah. yeah. How can you be? Of course, yeah. 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 Oh, I've seen, yeah. We've all seen, probably seen that many times over, yeah. If we, if we focus on what God's goodness is and His purity mm-hmm. and His holiness in our lives, we can be new people to our kids. Mm-hmm. And we don't Good word. Yeah. Good word, Dave. I think we don't we need to remember that we're all broken people. We're all broken people. And we need to give we need we need grace and we need to give grace. Um, and this whole parent thing, it's a tough one. Um, um, I think my counseling office is gonna be a little fuller 
after, after the, and that's okay. That's okay. But God is good. God is just so good. So we're going to we're going to uh, enter into communion right now. So band's going to come on up, and um, as we once again, as as you come on up, and uh, the first song once again will just be a time of just contemplative time for you to just come on up whenever you're ready. Uh, sit there, take the elements up here, take it back to your seat, however you want to do that, and just spend some time with the Lord. And if, it, if there's something with this whole area of honoring your parents, spend time dealing with that with God. And remembering, though, communion is about remembering what Jesus did for us so that we can live whole lives, so that we can live a life. So, and whoever is doing prayer this morning, too, I don't know who's doing uh, prayer this morning, come on up and. Uh, be by the cross. So if you would like some uh, prayer over here, David will be over here. And, um, uh, and uh, I would just encourage you to just come and meet with the folks over here for prayer. Let them pray for you. Once again, we're family. We're family. Take advantage of family being able to just care for you and love you and bring you before the throne if you would like. But let's spend this time with the Lord. Come get elements when you're ready.